Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Holy Ship Podcast. I am so excited. Today, we have Jilly Main joining us. Um, Jilly Main is an aspiring microblogger who loves posting about women's health and sharing her experiences to help other women. Um, this is actually how I found her on Instagram. So I'm very excited to have her on today. We're going to be talking about um, pelvic floor therapy, vaginismus, purity culture, um, all sorts of things like that. So welcome. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so grateful to be here. Um, This is just really cool for me. Such a fun opportunity. Yeah. So I like to start with a little icebreaker. So do you have a completely safe animal that you're afraid of? Okay. Uh, So it's a really random one. (laughs) No, it's okay. Um, I would say German Shepherds. Oh, okay. I feel like they could be safe. But I feel like they can also be very scary that I'm afraid of. Is, is that a yeah. good answer? Yeah, <laughs> I think that's great. Mine's birds. So, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> just in general. <laughs> I, just, I don't really like birds. I'm not scared of them, but I just like, yeah. I like the tweeting. Mm-hmm. It's the beaks for me. Like when I like, I'm like, I feel like they could really like do damage with those. So I try to Probably. stay clear. Also, like, I live in New York City, and so there's pigeons everywhere, and whenever they, like, fly up in, like, little, like, I don't know if they're, like, herds or flocks or whatever pigeons are in, but absolutely terrifies me, and everyone always laughs. Pigeons are just, like, (laughs) the rats of the sky. They really are. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness. Yeah, so can you tell the audience just a little bit more about yourself, like, who you are, what are you, what do you do for fun, what are your hobbies, and then also kind of launching into why do you talk about pelvic floor therapy and purity culture? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, my name is Jilly. Uh, Jillian is my full name, but I prefer Jilly. Um, I love thrifting. I also am an avid Taylor Swift listener. Um, I didn't get tickets to the era tour, but it's okay. I'm living vicariously through those Gen Z TikTokers. Yes. <laughs> posting all the content. Thank you guys. Thank you. If you're one of them, I appreciate you. Um, so yeah, I like to use my Instagram, like Lydia said, to um, help women with just my own experiences, um, whether that's through finding out if I have thyroid issues or what vaginismus is, what pelvic floor therapy is, how to go through that. And yeah, I'm just pretty transparent on social media because that's important to me. I think there's too much fakeness and why not, why not be transparent about not being yeah. able to wear tampons? Like why mm-hmm. not? Yeah. Like I felt alone for so many years. I would actually lie to my friends and be like, yeah, I wear super girl. No, I don't yeah. wear supers. Like no, that's not me. Um, I even did lie about having sex at one point. I was like, yeah, I've had sex. Totally. I'm not a virgin. I am. Mm-hmm. But it's okay. There's no shame in that. But I felt so much shame for so many years mm-hmm. over not being able to partake in, like, literally wearing tampons. Like, I just couldn't. And I felt like I was less of a woman if I couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. I felt like I was less of a woman when I couldn't have sex, I was married. That was, that's a whole different topic, but I was married and I couldn't have sex with my ex-husband. Um, and he was fine with it. That's another thing anyways. So there were just things that I felt less of a woman and I didn't Mm -hmm. like that. So, um, when 
I discovered the course that I, or the program that I am a part of with Jess Seitz. Mm-hmm. Um, it's through pain-free intimacy. Um, she's a vaginismus coach and an occupational therapist. And I saw one of her videos on Facebook a couple months ago, and I just felt such a sense of relief that mm-hmm. someone was actually talking about these issues. Yeah. And I just was like, you know what? I bet that I bet I have some Instagram followers who probably can't wear tampons or have sex either. So yeah. I just posted a video. It was like, whatever, nobody's going to like this. The amount of messages that came in, mm-hmm. I was shocked. Like these women, like some women had been married, some women in long-term relationships. Some are just like girls that are friends with like my little sister. And they're like, oh my gosh, thank you. This yeah. makes me feel like not alone. I felt alone. Mm-hmm. Like, I lied about this. I, I've said this, I've lost boyfriends, all the things. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, there just needs to be that transparency yeah. to share like this topic because mm-hmm. for so long, like I said, I felt so alone and isolated in my vaginismus um, journey that I just didn't want to feel alone anymore. And I didn't want others to feel alone either. So that's yeah. kind of why I share that. Um, and then in regards to purity culture, um, so I grew up in like the, um, very heavy purity culture, like the true love weights rings, Mm -hmm. the Jonas brothers had purity rings at the time. And I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going somewhere. If the Jonas brothers have them, I, I can have them too. Like we're the same right now. Um, (laughs) you know, like I, I was like, oh, okay. They uh-huh. might fall in love with me. Um, not really, but <laughs> so yeah, so that was like the whole like drive. Like the Jonas Brothers had them. Other celebrities were coming out wearing them and stuff. Um, but the way that I feel some churches and like church leadership explained purity culture was really like putting women like in a place where like we can't even like be feminine yeah I felt but like guys could like do whatever Mm -hmm. guys got like a get out of jail free card pretty much like we would go to like pool parties and they'd be like oh you have to wear a tankini or you can't Mm -hmm. come in like excuse me I'm like no I would show a bikini like I'm like you no 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 I'm like Uh (laughs) like I just I did not like being told what I had to wear whenever there could be a guy with a six-pack Right. Sure. I'm like, Mm -hmm. isn't that just as like tempting? Like, why does it have to be like the guy that's only tempted, you know? Right. Right. And I would bring that up and I would, I think I would annoy some of my youth leaders because I would kind of push back a little. I'm like, well, if Bobby Joe over here gets to be shirtless with his rock hard abs, I can wear a bikini with, I don't have anything. Like, Mm -hmm. it's fine. Right. Um, but that that's kind of also why I am bringing light to it, because um, I think purity culture goes hand in hand with vaginismus because there's shame around purity culture. And then there's with vaginismus, that's whenever your vagina like involuntarily spasms and like closes down, closes off, basically. Mm-hmm. And it's like, nope, nothing can enter me. I will not accept anything. Yeah. And like. For like women to like kind of, or for me, I guess when I was younger, to have been like, well, I don't want to dress like this, or I don't want to 
do what you're saying, not in a, like a rebellious way. Like I'm going to be rebellious because I want to be a rebel, but rebellious in a way that like something's not adding up. There's some double mm -hmm. standards here that I'm not liking. Right. And so that's why, um, yeah, that's just kind of why I mm -hmm. like sharing it. Um, yeah. yeah, but I feel like purity cultures in general, like over sexualized girls, but then also tried to get them to suppress their sexuality. So like, it is weird. It's like a double standard, like that you're saying. It's like very hard to navigate, especially mentally, but then you add like relationships down the road into it. And it's like, what? Yes. <laughs> it's like, what? It's like such a foreign concept. And it's like, it's like, I don't, I didn't, whenever I got into like my first couple of relationships, I didn't know how to like act really. Mm -hmm. I'm like, am I being too sexual because I want right. to do this or am I not like what's, mm -hmm. what's going on? Um, the way that certain people in my life like handled hmm. the questions I had and stuff just made yeah. me feel like really isolated again. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah. I'm curious. When did you find out that you had vaginismus or like, was it when you first tried using a tampon? Did you find out like an official diagnosis later on? What was that journey like? Um, so I ended up getting my menstrual cycle when I was like 15 or 16 so I wasn't like too young but I was still like old enough right for that um and I just realized I couldn't wear tampons but I didn't go to the OB or anything because I was like right. I don't want to tell anyone about this this is weird like I'm probably just putting it in the wrong hole or something mm -hmm. like but it was just something like that no one talked about at that time right. and so and I would like talk with my friends and they'd be like oh you just kind of have to like you know and I'm like I don't even understand like you guys are right. speaking Spanish what um and so I remember finally telling my mom, I think I was 20 and I was like, I, I was like, I have so much pain. I can't wear tampons. I don't know what's going on. Like, please help me. And so I went to the OB, but then they couldn't do a pelvic exam because I was like freaking out. Yeah. Those stirrups, I'm telling mm -hmm. you, those just like caused so much anxiety for me. Um, I think it wasn't until I was 22 that I had a successful successful uh pap smear yeah. um my ob numbed me with like lidocaine gel or something mm -hmm. and he was just talking with me and i didn't feel anything but he was like oh i think you have a condition called vaginismus he's like mm -hmm. and you can use these dilators and blah 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 and i was like what like i wasn't sexually active at the time mm -hmm. and i felt that like using dilators wouldn't like really benefit me so I was just like, eh. and I was still living with my parents at the time. So I was like, that's weird. Like my brother lived there and we're close in age. And I was just like, yeah. I, I was like, you know, I just, I don't really want to do that. I'm fine. I'm good. Um, so I didn't really pursue, um, treatment until last October, mm -hmm. but I do want to rewind. Yeah. Really um, I did get a hymenectomy, mm -hmm. um, done in the fall of 2016. I had some like exploratory surgeries going on. Yeah. So they went on and um, went in and mm -hmm. took care of that for me. Um, but even then, after that, I couldn't wear tampons or anything. I think it was like the trauma that something had yeah. happened there that was like so scary for me. Um, and so I was like, I just won't. Um, but it wasn't until this past October that I like reaffirmed mm -hmm. my diagnosis, I guess, got in with a pelvic floor specialist and started seeing her. Um, mm -hmm. so, 
yeah and that seeing my uh public floor therapist was just like it also just gave me this like sense of like relief I'm like oh Mm -hmm. there's something out here that can help me like there's like I'm not broken I'm not gonna like be dealing with this forever okay Mm -hmm. but then I ended up hitting a wall um there's I have um eight different dilators um and I use the intimate rose set if anyone listening I recommend those um so I got up to like dilator five or something Mm -hmm. and when I go all the way in I would just feel like tensing and stinging Mm -hmm. and I felt like partially my therapist wanted me to like be past that goal I felt like I was more so on her timeline than mine but I don't think she was doing that on purpose I don't want to talk bad about her Mm -hmm. she's just doing her job she was encouraging me and everything but I think like my mindset and my body just were not working Mm -hmm. together so that kind of slowed me down after that I was given suppositories to use to numb me but I didn't really like those and then I put my dilators in a box for like five months and I didn't touch them anymore until a couple weeks ago nice what was like it like for you to actually go to a pelvic floor therapist like if we have women who are listening who they are planning on going for their first time how should they like prepare like what was that like for you sure yeah okay so when I went I wore scrubs because I used to work in healthcare um but I would recommend wearing something like comfy cozy because whenever I was putting back on my scrubs after being examined, I just felt so constricted. But I remember thinking, man, if I had a big sweatshirt and like something to like envelop me, that would be so nice. So I would recommend that like, honestly, bring something comfy. Um, Also just try to like use that diaphragm breathing um, and box breathing or something like that to um, relax you because I was feeling really anxious um, during my first um, session with her. Mm-hmm. I knew that something was going to go in me. I knew she was probably going to take off my pants. I had just met her. I was nervous, right. but you know, ask your uh, therapist if you can put on a song that brings you comfort or something like that, and just like kind of create a space for yourself where you feel um, calm and safe, even if the environment isn't like a calm, safe environment, but make your mindset like, yeah, calm and safe. absolutely. Um, yeah. So you said that there was a disconnect between your kind of like your mind and body. Um, can you talk about that a little bit more and like how you've been working to kind of combine that and like integrate both of those? Yes, of course. So I have been going through this mind body reset program um, through pain-free intimacy. I mentioned that in the beginning and, um, the vaginismus coach really enforces or encourages, um, using mindfulness. And so mindfulness can be any form of like taking your thoughts captive, essentially. Mm -hmm. Um, and just being like affirmative. That's been something that's helped me. I have a couple of affirmations over on my wall, Um, that I speak over myself before my dilating sessions and just like really like turning off all negative thoughts has helped so much like I didn't I thought it was kind of like woo woo a little bogus like thinking that 
like speaking like positive words over myself would actually make a difference, but it does. And like being like this dilator isn't even big. My body was created to accept things like this. Mm -hmm. Penises. Yeah. Tampons, whatever. Um, And just like speaking those words of life over me have changed my mindset entirely. Like I have my dilators out and about like on my bedside table where I used to just like hide them away. And now I look at them and I'm like, oh, I get to use them later. I get to stretch my body. Like I get to, you know, prepare myself for my wedding night and everything. Um, And it's just like using that like connection has been super helpful with like my vagina, like accepting them also. Yeah, that's incredible. Um, What would you recommend? Like, if people are like trying to research this, like, how did you initially even find a pelvic floor therapist? How did you find this coach? Like, Okay. What are different things that like people can be like researching to like actually find someone to go to? Well, I was in a Facebook group um, originally and I had discovered that there was um, a women's center actually in New York called the Women's Health Center. Um, and they did like intensive like uh, like therapy, pelvic therapy, all the things. I was looking into that, but it was like 10 grand. And I was oh, like, sure. I was like, I literally cannot even like afford half my bills. This is like, I was like, I know, like, goodbye. And that just felt like so daunting to me. I'm like, do Mm. they really want to help people? And so I started just researching. I um, worked at an aesthetics and laser center last Mm. year for about 10 months. And um, one of the doctors was like, have you ever considered Botox down there? And I was like, Mm. No. And so I started Googling that and mm-hmm. I found out it was a thing. It was also very expensive. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh. and of course, insurance wouldn't cover it because it's cosmetic. And I'm like, right. but it's not cut. Co- like, I'm not showing my vagina mm-hmm. to anyone. Hello. Like, I'm not. And so I fought with insurance for a bit, but they were just like, nope, it's cosmetic. Sorry. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you guys, oh, man. And so I just, just would research all the time. I went on Reddit a lot. I'm just like trying to find hope because I was at a point where like, I've been dating my boyfriend for a year now, but we met when we were eight and I've like pretty much like loved him since we were young, like 16 or so. So, and I'm like, okay, I want to be able to like make love on my wedding night. Like Mm -hmm. I really want to do this. And I just like was so determined to find something Um, and I joined all the Facebook groups. This was like three months ago. I joined all the Facebook groups with vaginismus in it, um, that I could. And then I started seeing Jess post her content in some of these groups. And I was like, I was like, who is this girl? I was like, she's cool. And so I clicked on her profile because, you know, women are like FBI agents on Mm -hmm. the side. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) We can find anything if we want. Um, It's so true. Uh, really uh putting myself out there but um so <laughs> I went on her page and I like started seeing she was posting about like vaginismus publicly and I was like girl what yeah. and I think I like added her as a friend or something so I was like whatever there's no limitations I'm just mm-hmm. it's fine um or she added me and then we just started messaging and then she told me about her program and I was like sign me up sign me up buttercup let's do it like I am 
I'm all for it. So um, we did a consult call and then I just, I just uh, 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 signed up right away that mm -hmm. night. And um, ever since being in the program, I just feel so much more like confident um, about my body and like, you know, everything. Um, yeah. And I have not been able to achieve, we call it PIV. Mm -hmm pretty self-explanatory yeah. um, yet, but I'm hoping that will be the result yeah. down the line, you know, once I'm married, because Ocean, if you listen to this, I would like to marry you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm not married yet. I would still like mm -hmm. to save that for my wedding night. Um, so hopefully that happens sometime mm -hmm. soon so that we can experience that and everything. But yeah. yeah, just the internet is your friend. Mm -hmm. Or I'll be your friend and I'll tell you all the things. And yeah. <laughs> have you ever listened to the Say What podcast? No. Okay. Oh my word. You have to check it out. Her okay. name's Hannah and she has a whole podcast dedicated to talking about vaginismus and like all sorts of like questions that she had because oh, nice. like whole thing. So you should definitely check her out. She's incredible. Okay. But she was our first podcast guest ever on this podcast. Like awesome. back in like 2020. I don't even remember when we started. But um. She's so incredible, but that's how I first like learned about vaginismus because I kind of like heard it before, but like mm -hmm. I had no clue what vaginismus was or like, it was like, that's a weird word. Like, don't even know if it, I can really say that. Word. Like, <laughs> yeah, so whatever. <laughs> then like, I started like bringing it up to all my friends because I was like, have you guys like heard about this? And then like, mm -hmm. I just like, we obviously started talking about it on the podcast a ton and I was like, I don't know, like I talk about vaginismus probably like six times a week, which like... <laughs> so random like never in my life did I think yeah. I'm talking about this but here we are. <laughs> that's so funny I mean I think a lot of women have it more mm -hmm. than they admit yeah um, I've had different people reach out and be like oh yeah I had painful sex like the first couple times with my husband I'm like that's not normal right but they're like no I'm fine I've had four babies and I'm like mm -hmm. like wow more power to you sis but like yeah. I need a program to help me out mm -hmm. <laughs> that's just how I am yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's, I think it's something definitely important for women to be taught. Um, mm -hmm. I know when I have kids in the future, like I'll probably, cause I want to homeschool. I'll probably try to integrate that into like the sex education a bit and be yeah. like, this is normal. Mm -hmm. Tell me if you have it. Like I got you yeah. we'll work together. So I guess I'm curious, you're talking about sex education. What was that like for you growing up? Like, did you ever have sex ed or like, and we also talked about purity culture. Like, did your church talk about sex at all? Like, what was that like? Um, honestly, I don't really remember having much sex ed. I think it was like a 30 minute session mm -hmm. that we had in my high school. And they were basically right. like, these are condoms. This is a cucumber. Now, you yeah. know, but here's also a contraceptive birth control mm -hmm. and bee pill whatever. Like if you have sex, take this. And it's like, what? Right. Um, and I just like, I didn't really like, it didn't, I didn't, I wasn't really taught what it was. Um, I will say though, like my parents did do a great job with, um, explaining purity culture in a way that made it seem like enchanting almost. Mm -hmm. I remember reading, um, this book, it was called the princess's kiss or something like that. Obviously it's not a kiss, but it was like a really sweet book. And it was like about um, a girl who's obviously a princess and her king or her dad, whatever, had like a special gift for her that she needed to keep. 
in order for her to like share her kiss on her wedding night or whatever. And I remember just being so like captivated by that story and being like, wow, like this is so special. Like I want to like guard this and everything. But then like, I feel like other teachings came in and kind of like perverted it, Mm. not perverted because it wasn't perverted, but like kind of came in and like made the women out to seem like we were horrible, like Jezebel's or something. And it's Mm -hmm. like, no. So, but I just wanted to touch on that and just say that my parents did do well with like stewarding um, purity culture. It was just like the churches we were involved in that kind of ruined it for me. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm curious, how has like, I guess purity culture and vaginismus, has that affected like your self-confidence at all? Like what has that been like? Yes. So I feel that with purity culture, my like body image really was on the decline for a long time. I mean, it still is. I still deal with self-image issues Mm -hmm. um, because I was told for so long, like, don't wear a bikini. Don't wear like low V-neck. Don't wear a tank top. Don't wear shorts shorter than your fingertips like what am I supposed to wear like bloomers (laughs) I don't know do you want me to dress like I'm Amish or what um and there's nothing wrong with dressing modestly in my opinion but like I think that the way it was taught just really like affected my self-image um I like I'm 29 and I still don't know how to dress half the time. I'm like, mm-hmm. is this too short? I'm always second guessing. I'm like, is this too low? Right. I don't know. I'm always checking with my boyfriend. I'm like, does this look bad? Like, I do the bend over test and everything. Mm-hmm. He's like, no, you look fine. Like, you literally, like, you're not showing anything. Right. Um, but, like, I'm always second guessing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like that definitely did affect me. And then also the vaginismus, I feel affected, like, my self-worth more than like my image because like I said in the beginning I felt like I had to lie about being able to wear a tampon or have sex or whatever and like I just like I felt like I needed to like fit in a mold Mm -hmm. that was like I was unable to fit into so yeah yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. but that's being redeemed and yes absolutely and then I'm curious what are some resources you would suggest for women if like do you have any like books or podcasts or like accounts that you follow or sure absolutely um so I have mentioned pain-free intimacy um I recommend following her on Instagram she also has a private um Facebook account let me pull it up actually um so it's like a long name so I want to (laughs) be sure that I um read it correctly um or if y'all want to follow it directly from my Facebook. You can go through the link in my bio. Um, but it is a private group. Um, so nobody knows that you're in it. And, um, there's just like a lot of like resources in this group. And Jess also does live trainings Mm -hmm. every Thursday, um, that are free and accessible to anyone. Um, but it's called vaginismus recovery tips, tricks, and resources for pain-free intimacy. So, it's super helpful. Um, I really like her account. And then another podcast that I would recommend is, um, what is it? Kingdom Sexuality. They are awesome. I think they were a guest of y'all's. Yeah. Um, They're so fun. Oh my word. Yes, I love them. them. They are, (laughs) they have great, great resources. Um, but aside from that, I haven't really found any, um, like purity culture accounts Mm -hmm. because I feel like there's deconstructing from purity Mm -hmm. and like going like 
completely away from purity and like right. the Lord. But then there's also like deconstructing what all was like spoken over us, but then also following Jesus. And I haven't really found right. an account that um, fosters to that as much, mm. but maybe I'll start posting content like that. Yeah. We'll see. Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, and then if people do want to connect with you, how can they reach you? How could they connect? Like, can they find you on Instagram? Yeah, absolutely. So my Instagram is mainly Jilly with an underscore. Um, and yeah, you can find me or my name's Jilly Main for now. It will be Nickel. Like <laughs> but um, but yeah, find me on there. I'm also on TikTok and I, I share a lot on TikTok as well. Um, it's also the same username um anything uh it's, it's mainly jilly so you can find me on there too Perfect. i just I love connecting with people so yeah Perfect. well thank you so much for being on the podcast and as mm -hmm. always if anyone has any questions comments or concerns you can reach out to us at theholyshift.podcast at gmail.com or on instagram at theholyshift.podcast have a great day